Welcome to the I Am Podcast, where we change mindsets and lives through other people's stories and through the implementation of tools and I Am affirmations into our lives weekly. Join us every Sunday on our journey to change our lives. After listening, your life will never be the same. I went old school on that intro, just for the guest. This is a public service announcement. It's about to be some fire spitting in those speakers. I got Mr. Clark, not Joe Clark from Lean On Me, but he got that same kind of energy. I just wanted to warn you before you go any farther with this episode. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. We're here with Derek Clark, aka The Rapping Dad. He has a really interesting story, and I thought that the world would love to hear it. I met him about four or five weeks ago at a convention, and I knew I had to get him on the podcast. The Rapping Dad has over 250 million views on social media. Uh, he's written several books, actually seven to be exact. And this kid was abandoned, deemed as someone who just wouldn't make it. We'll get into his story, and he can tell you more. How's it going, Mr. Clark? What's up? I'm doing good, James. Thanks for having me on, buddy. I'm doing good. Rapping Dad in the house right here. Nice. Before we wrap it up, I am gonna get you to freestyle for us a little okay. bit. I don't know if I don't have bars. Uh, I used to always <laughs> do a, a couple of freestyles with my friends, but uh, before we wrap it up, if you don't mind, we'll get a few uh, bars from you. And okay, sounds good. Let's tell the listeners a little bit about you before we get into what you do now. Yeah. So. You know, unfortunately, I had a, a really tough, tough life. I was born in darkness and tragedy, basically. My dad had tried to kill me while my mom was seven months pregnant with me and kept stomping on her stomach and was mad at her because she didn't have an abortion. And then went from there, and uh, state records show that I was brutally abused for the first few years of my life. And then at five years old, my parents, well, my dad was in prison, my mom and my stepdad, decided to get rid of me and abandon me at a psychiatric hospital when I was five. And then from there, uh, you know, I was labeled all these diagnoses that were, that some of the professionals were wrong. So never believe all the labels a professional label you, you know, there's always more potential in you. Just got to believe in yourself and give yourself permission to succeed and, and try to work on always achieving and becoming the better you, more authentic, better you. And then uh, I got transferred to the uh, shelter for unadoptable kids, and I would navigate the foster care system for the next 13 years of my life. So I was 18 years old when I aged out, when I timed out basically out of foster care. And I uh, was able to, to go through some good therapy and to uh, – Believe, start believing in myself really when I was about 18 you know I, I got in so much trouble been suspended been expelled been arrested like been all these things and I was still always in trouble and you know what what it really came down to is all the seeds that people 
planted in me. All the seeds that people planted in me, they believed in me. They believed that I was somewhere in this angry foster kid. There was a happy kid. So they would plant seeds of love, seeds of hope, seeds of determination, seeds of perseverance, seeds of integrity, seeds of self-value, seeds of patience. And and these seeds never took root until uh, I put the, the the nutrient that needed them for the that needed them to grow that they needed to grow and this nutrient was called self-love self-value and it's 18 years old i really started to like myself and love my and love myself and these seeds that everybody planted inside of me seeds of belief right they started growing and taking roots and then at 18 19 years old i realized man I got so much potential in me and I'm the only one holding me back. I'm letting the inner me become the enemy. I'm self-sabotaging myself. I got to start believing that I'm worth something. And then my life started blossoming and going straight up and, and nobody could stop me then. You were labeled by the professionals as several things. Can you give right. the listeners insight into maybe a couple of those labels or diagnosis? Right. So when you're at a psych facility... They do a lot of tests on you, and I was a five-year-old and six-year-old kid, and they did neurological evaluations. That's what the brain, speech and language evaluation, brain scans, psychiatric evaluations. And they came up all these little labels, all these labels for this little kid, like uh, overtly psychotic, erratic psychosis. Uh, the IQ of a two-year-old, they actually state in my neurological and psychiatric reports that I, that I was mentally R. I don't even use like using that word, right? And... and uh, you know, the IQ of a two-year-old, 60-word vocabulary. I didn't even know what a boy and a girl were. I had psychosexual confusion at six years old. I didn't even know what a boy was. You know, um, I had a lot, a lot of issues, a lot of behavioral issues, emotional issues, and a lot of anger. So it was a tough, tough time. You know, here's the thing, James. You know, I was five years old and six years old when all this was going on. I was getting labeled. Mm -hmm. But people got to remember, I wasn't raised on love. I was raised on survival. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't get the standard love that a four or five, a two, three, four, five year old gets. Yeah. I was brutally abused. So I was, you know, I thought love was that you hurt me, that you abused me. So I was raised on surviving. Yeah. Survival basically. So I understand the self love and what that does to someone. And that's kind of why we are here. And I have the, I am podcast. How did you, love yourself enough or believe in yourself enough to know that Derek Clark was someone else, was not retarded, was not a kid who couldn't do whatever it is that they said you couldn't do. Yeah, well, reality is that I'm a normal kid with emotions and behavioral issues, and they say the first five years of your life are the most formidable, and if your parents didn't raise you right, you know, you're going to pick up all these bad habits that it's going to be really hard to turn away from those bad habits. But how you do it is you have mentors, you have coaches, you have people surrounding you, that village, right? That African proverb, it takes a village to raise a kid. And so you've got all these people, you know, trying to believe in you, like your social worker, the judge, the teachers, the uh, Boy Scout leader, the pastor, the Sunday school teacher, your foster parents, you know, other social workers, your psychiatrist, psychologist, you know, school counselors, you know, your CASA worker, all these people are trying to believe in you. And, and unfortunately, I would shut everybody out because I didn't believe what they said about me. Like, I didn't believe that I was a good kid. I took on a lot of shame, a blame, a guilt, and it, it, it made me a victim. Yeah. And then I realized 
that I'm not a victim, that all these people are surrounding me and saying that I'm good, that I'm, uh, you know, that there's a happy kid. Like, I'm going to be a victor. I'm going to learn to divorce my story. Mm-hmm. And when I started to learn divorce my story to get rid of the why me's, the poor pitiful, you know, basically the poor pitiful me and turn it into a powerful me, I, I realized that I could turn my story and shift it from victim to victor by divorcing it and basically saying, you know what, I'm not even that kid anymore. So I started becoming a mind warrior, like basically building mental toughness mm-hmm. and that, you know what, I can be whoever I want to be. I can do this. But you have to work your butt off and you got to be disciplined and you got to be persistent and you got to be consistent and you got to be patient. And so I, I kept working and working and working on myself and I had other people that believed in me. But it all comes down to your own self-belief. That's the number one rule to success is that you've got to believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you got to give yourself permission that you are enough, that you are worthy of success. And a lot of people hold themselves back and say, well, I'm not worthy. I'm I got too much guilt, too much shame, too much blame in my life. I got too much of uh, a crazy past that I'll never have a good future. And I tell people all the time, don't let your past affect your future. Your current situation is not your final destination. Your best days are ahead of you, but you got to believe that. And it's all about self-belief. Mm-hmm. It's all about self-belief. How you believe, you will become, right? So you visualize mm-hmm. to materialize. It's called the law of attraction. What you think, how you think, you shall become. And so if you're always thinking negative, what do you think you attract more in your life? I don't know anybody living a positive life that thinks negative all the time. You know, so it's always about your thought process and you got to work on building your mental toughness and being the gatekeeper of the thoughts in your mind. And once you become the gatekeeper or the filter of the thoughts in your mind, you learn to control those thoughts and you witness those thoughts and you let the bad thoughts go out and you don't unpack and live in those negative thoughts because the brain is wired to live in worry and live in fear and live in negativity it's there to try to protect you so you got to get through that fear and become fearless you got to say to yourself i am fearless i am worthy i am enough i am patient i am persistent i am remarkable you know what i mean and start yeah. using the power of i am we all know where i am came from you know, from Moses and God, and God says to Moses, Moses says, who do I tell him who sent me? And he goes, I am. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's more powerful than you can say. So when you say I am in front of something, man, you're calling it out in action. You're calling it in faith. You're visualizing to materialize. It's actually really cool to hear you say that because I preach that mindset all the time. But how could we or what advice would you give somebody who's right now, they can't see anything else, but I am worthless. Like where, where would somebody like that, or where should they start? You should start watching a documentary (laughs) of somebody. There's always someone that's got it worse. I love that parable that says, um, I complained because I had no shoes until I met a man who had no feet. Uh, the attitude of gratitude comes real quick and you realize there's always someone worth the worst story and people come up to me all the time at my events and go man you know uh you got a crazy story let me show you my story and they share their story with me and i'm thinking oh my gosh their story is crazy like i am built for my shoes yeah only my shoes but people are touched by my story i mean i tell people all the time look i lost everything at five years old i lost my mom my dad my brother my sister my aunts my uncles my grandparents my cousins i lost my bedroom my toys my self-respect my dignity i lost my identity at five years old i lost everything but over the years i learned how to turn nothing into something so i tell 
all the time. Don't tell me you can't be something in life. You gotta work for it. You gotta you gotta sacrifice for it. You gotta sacrifice the Xbox, sacrifice the PlayStation, sacrifice looking at your phone for five hours a day, sacrifice watching TV for three to five hours a day. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And start working on your dreams. Start working on that resilience muscle, that grit muscle, and start working on that dream building muscle, and make sure you're out there. Actually, what can you do to help other people excel, right? Uh-huh. And so that's what I'm all about: is being not a dope dealer, not a hate dealer, not a dream stealer, but a hope dealer. And in my TED talk, I came up with an acronym for hope, and I make it real simple. You want to do something? You want to have greatness in your life? Greatness is contagious, but you got to get outside yourself and hope. Helping one person every day. That's how I live my life. It's broken down very simple. Hope. Helping one person every day. When it becomes helping just one person, then it hope becomes helping other people excel. Oh. And that's how I live my life. And when you, the secret of living is giving. That's the truth. So when you think about it, if you're giving, you'll be so much more open to receiving. Like blessings will just be coming to you because you are just giving of yourself all the time. I never heard hope defined like that, but I'm going to do two things. I'm going to steal this first off, the hope, but I also want to instill hope in people. It's just been my my dream to want to do. Somebody asked me a question one time, and it was, if you could do anything and you didn't have to worry about money, what would it be? And... I didn't say instill hope, right? I'm only using that because you said it. But I wanted to talk to everybody I could and just make them feel happy about who they were. And right. that's kind of how the podcast came. Right. And they got to believe it, though. We can, you know, I can spit so I'm blue in the face at somebody and tell them how great they are and this and that. Mm-hmm. And I do it. You know, I, I pump people up, I fuel people. But the fact is, is a lot of them fall again because they don't believe it themselves. So I can plant a seed, but you got to nurture that seed by starting yeah. to like yourself, to start to love yourself. And it, it really comes down to the individual. I can spit till I'm blue in the face, give you so much rah-rah motivation, inspiration, but you got to believe you are worth it. And you cannot let your past infect your future. And so many people do that. Oh, I got a poor past. I got a crazy past. And I tell people, forget about the why me. That makes you a victim. Why this happened? Why that? You can't ever change the freaking past. You can't run towards your history anymore because you can't change it. You got to run towards your destiny. And you got to realize that you got so much potential. But a lot of people think, well, I'm not worth it. I'm not worth it. So I always tell people, start looking in the mirror and start saying, I love you. I love you. I love myself. I like myself. And you say that over and over again. And then what can you do to help another person in this world? What can you do? You know, the meaning of life is to give your life meaning. And so let me let me be straight up with you. We're all broken. We're all broken. We're all broken. But you got to have a faith, too. you got to believe that God takes broken pieces and turns them into masterpiece. And you got to believe that. Everybody is broken. There ain't nobody here that's perfect. And everybody's got a story. Oh, yeah. And yeah, some people's stories might be worse than yours, or some people might just look at you and go, wow, man, you've made it through so much. But you got to believe by you being the hope dealer that, you know, it's not about you. It's what you can give. It's not about poor me, selfish me. It's about selfless me. How can I help others? And once you get that in your mind, how can I use my story to help others? Man, there's no stopping you. It's contagious. Hope is contagious. Greatness is contagious. Kindness is contagious. 
Man, you spend that fire on the podcast today. I need to get a shirt that say Hope Dealer. <laughs> Go pass it out. Man, I, I'm excited. And I'm so glad that you were able to get on a journey to kind of find yourself and understand that uh, you are valuable. Uh, you're fearless. Right. And, it's, and it's a continual journey. You yeah. Know? There's always those growth moments in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s. You're always going to have those growth moments. If you want to grow, you got to let go and grow. you got to be better, not bitter. And once you realize those are some secrets to success right there, you're going to have some big growth moments. Yeah. And your, your, your life is going to just keep going straight up. Understanding who you are and not using, how you said, the victim to victor mentality. Not using that victim mentality and knowing that, you know what? Your past actually make you unique. Your story is what makes you who you are today. And it's okay that you have that past. Because if you didn't have that past, you wouldn't be where you are today and be equipped and have the same tools that you have to kind of reach those 30s growth moment, 35 growth moment, 40, 15, 16. I don't care how old you are, but your past actually prepares you for those moments of growth right and you know i always tell audiences to substitute why me because why me sounds like a whiny person why Mm -hmm. me why this i always tell them substitute that question with this question what now and that puts you in this moment right now it doesn't put you in the past it puts you right now in the present moment what are you going to do about this Mm -hmm. we going to dance with it or are we going to resist it and chances are, if you start dancing with it, you'll get through the struggle much quicker than if you always put a stop and resist, resist, resist. So I'm all about, like, as I've, I've chosen my adversity, man, what do I do now? I try to dance with it and try to just flow with it and get through it as quick as possible. And some people, you know, unpack and live in their pity for years. Uh-huh. And they don't dance with it, they just resist, resist, resist. And I always think, how can I turn this mess into a message? How can I turn this worry into worship? How can I turn this test into a testimony? You know what I'm saying? Uh There's a lesson to be learned here. And if I can find that lesson as quick as possible, I'm going to get through the adversity much, much quicker. You will. You definitely will. And that what now question, those two little simple words, that forces you to dig deep. You, you, That's not just a surface question. That what now, I, I never really thought about it like that but if you do ask yourself what now that puts you right there in the moment now it's all up to you to figure it out right and i'm in foster care instead of me complaining poor me my parents ain't coming back for me my walk my dad walked down the street i don't know who he is my mom walked down the street i wouldn't know who she is and so i gotta be like what now as if i've chosen to be in foster care how do i get through this i'm only going to be in here for about three more years in foster care how do i get through this so i when i turn 18 i can get on with my life versus like well you know life's tough man i need to smoke some weed and just feel good and let me drink and let me just self-medicate and poor me man this is my story and, and then guess what? You get in stuck mode. You get you get stuck and stunted, and then you don't grow, and then you wonder why when you're 25 years old and you, don't, you got nothing going for you and you keep self-medicating. Well, how come everybody else is doing something? Because guess what? We, we learned to deal with it right then. you got to feel to heal. you got to deal, feel, heal. And so I learned how to feel to heal at 18 years old, and my life transformed. As soon as I let my walls down, because so many people let 
keep their walls up and they don't want to feel, man. I don't want to build a relationship of trust. I don't want to connect anyone. I don't want to love anybody because that's how you get hurt. But I tell them, get hurt, man. It's worth it. Get hurt. Learn the lesson from it. You'll you'll hurt less. Be better, not better. You got to keep moving forward. If you keep yourself always guarded, you're never going to live an authentic, beautiful life. You hit a point that uh, ruffles feathers right there when you talk when you say get hurt, because our brain and we're naturally wired to protect ourselves from that hurt. Right. But uh, I never heard. You gotta in the, get hurt to grow, man. Yeah. Listen, listen, listen. How do you know God is the waymaker if you if you're never lost? How do you know if God is not the provider if you've never been hungry? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you gotta know the only way. You can learn how to swim is not by the word water on the piece of paper or by learning how to swim on video. You got to go out and swim and get scared and be fearful and get wet. You know what I'm saying? So that's life. You're going to have to get wet. You're going to get hurt. You're going to go through pain. But on the other side, of that pain is the reward. You know, I tell people that have been through foster care, you paid life's tuition. Yeah. Now go get your reward. After that pain, turn that pain into progress. And that progress will keep you moving forward and you'll get your reward. But if you always stay in pain, it ain't ever going to bring progress. It ain't ever going to bring joy into your life. It ain't ever going to bring brilliance and remarkability. You know, it's not going to do anything that's going to be successful for you. You're going to be that person that when you get a text from, sometimes you get a text, right? And you go, oh, no, I don't want to deal with her or him right now because you know it's poor me. That's their story. That's their identity. That's their victim. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, you don't want to have that victim mentality. It's so much better to be the Rocky Balboa, to get back up and get the redemption story going. People yeah. love redemption stories, you know? So to move forward, you got to get through that pain. And the only way through is not by self-medicating through it. you got to push through it. you got to push through anxiety. you got to push through the fear. you got to push through the discomfort. And on the other side of that pain, there you go, the reward. The reward is so sweet. You had the life that you had, I'm probably, right? I'm probably giving you too much, huh? You're probably like, dang, this guy, this guy is Hey, you I'm give it, you, you spit that fire, you preach it, and it's like, it's so much I want to dive into, right? But I know I only got you for a little bit, for a yeah, little we bit. We all formal, man. We can just get right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Like like I said, you blew me away when I heard you speak at the conference. Right yeah. now, you got me feeling like, man, I just want to run through a wall. <laughs> like, I could do it because, you know, everybody struggles with, with right. things. And regardless right. of who, where I am right now in my life, right. uh, I still have some of those fears. And, and just to yeah. hear you say, you know what, get wet. Work on that uh, grit muscle. Be fearless. Yeah. Give yeah. your life a mean. And I'm like, ooh, I forgot I was actually doing the podcast. And I just kind of <laughs> became, you know, the student. I just, I kind of reverted and just started listening. But I'm still here. I'm still you know, here. I, got, I came up with an acronym for grit. Uh-huh. Greatness requires intense tenacity, right? Greatness mm-hmm. requires intense tenacity, that acronym. Mm-hmm. And that's how I live my life, man. Every one of us has grit. Every one of us came out of this world. Every one of us came into this world crying. And then a lot of us learn how to walk. We didn't just stop walking at two year old, two years old or three years old and say, you know what? I'm tired of walking. I'm just going to crawl. 
No, you got back up 20,000 times trying to learn how to walk. Mm-hmm. And so you got, that's, that's why I know you got resilience in you and you got grit inside of you and you've got that power inside of you to keep pushing forward, to keep getting back up. So I had, uh, a guy on his name Stephen Beck. There's a book actually called Grit that talks about that. I don't know if you heard about it, no. but you should check it out. Yeah, it's okay. a book called Grit, and that's okay. exactly what it talks about right there. And but you're dealing with Derek Clark right here, rapping dad. Exactly, and I'm <laughs> and like I said, I'm gonna have to get you on the freestyle because that's your life, and we got the story, and yeah. right now. You are a book writer, motivational speaker. You're a hope dealer. But I'm trying to hit a freestyle, though. You got to give us something. Okay, I'll give you something. You know what? I'll do something uh, positive and motivational. How about that? Either now, way, okay, we're like, like you said earlier, hey, this the podcast. We don't got to be all formal. Do what you do. Yeah, yeah. And so if you ever want to reach out to me on my social media, it's under Rapping Dad, R-A-P-P-I-N-G. D-A-D. My website is IWillNeverGiveUp.com. That's IWillNeverGiveUp.com. Check it out. Um, let's see here. <laughs> so here we go. So here's a few lessons that I've learned. I turned a message to a message and earned a return. I turned scars into stars. Live like avatars. No one could stop you if you believe in your heart. And this is your life. Going on and never let the past affect your future for a moment. Never let a weakness destroy your greatness. It's time to profess you're too blessed to be stressed. Bam. You could be everything you want to be. But never let the inner me be your enemy. It's time to be better but not bitter. It's a choice to be a winner. And it's a choice to be a quitter. So if you've been knocked down or thought about suicide, get out of the shadows and hold your head high. Because this is your time. And this is your sign. Get up and climb. You were born for this moment to shine. Man, I'm glad you gave it to us. And when you you blew me away because when I first see you, you wouldn't even think you listen to rap, look at rap, know what rap is. <laughs> And then your name is Derek Clark, man. (laughs) Hey, how did you get into the rap game? Yeah, so I was hanging out with a couple of my friends, and uh, there was this uh, battle going on, and I went over there, and I'm like, man, I want to do something like that. And I, everyone's like, get out of here, white boy, you know, C-Dub, get out of here. And I'm like, man, this is who I am. You know, I got so much rage, bitterness, anger inside of me. How can I get this pain out? Uh-huh. And so a lot of my friends, African-American, I went to Hayward High outside Oakland, across the bay from San Francisco. And, and uh, you know, they kept saying to me, D, you got a lot of pain and you got a lot of pain growing from foster care. Get this pain out. And so it was because of my African-American friends, they let me basically use their culture to say, hey, get this pain out and do it with a beat. And mm-hmm. so I started to learn how to rap and get this pain out. I just, rap is like the taxi to my spirit. It's like the master key to the the lock of my self-imprisonment, basically. I was able to use rap as a creative voice to get my pain out at that point. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was 16 years old, and my sister had been shot and killed, and my brother had been killed, and my good friend had been shot and killed. And I was just this angry, angry foster kid 
at Hayward High, but, uh, you know, I was able to get that pain out through hip-hop. So I was a little different, you know, in the 90s, right? Because you got Vanilla Ice and Marky Mark and Third Base, and they're all, like, fun. And I was doing, like, Eminem before Eminem was Eminem. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was, you know, I was recording out of Steam Studio as Tupac and Digital Underground and Too Short and E-40 and Metallica and Club Nouveau and Tony 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 and, you know, In Vogue and all these Bay Area bands. And so I I was just trying to get my pain out. So I wasn't, like, trying to really make fun music. I was, like, trying to save the world with the pain, you know? Yeah. All these years later, I'm freaking in the car uh you know rapping with my kids and you know they caught it on camera and we put it on youtube and all of a sudden steve harvey and world star hip-hop and hook lives comedy point you know comedy central tosh.0 and like Shaquille o'neal and steve harvey and reddit and all these people are sharing my videos and then ti t-pain waka flocka flame are all sharing my videos and it just went crazy so who would have thought all those years later, which was a coping mechanism for me to get through foster care, this hip hop yeah. would, would, you know, touch 250 million people's lives, the viewership, you know, so. And I see you still spitting regularly because I follow you on social media. Are you recording any songs or tracks or videos or anything? Yeah, I just recently released 20 tracks uh, on an album called Cathartic. Mm-hmm. C-A-T-H-R-T-I-C cathartic because it was cathartic to get some of the pain out and it's all story wraps stuff like that and it's all over iTunes Google Play Amazon streaming on Spotify and everywhere else just type in Rapping Dad R-A-P-P-I-N-G-D-A-D and you'll see them oh. all come up do you have a YouTube channel or do you just post on YouTube like videos no I got uh, I got a YouTube channel Rapping Dad Derek Clark okay and then tell us, you have seven books. Tell us the name of those just in case one of the listeners want to pick up one of your books. Yeah, so they're all they're available everywhere um, online. So I Will Never Give Up. I Will Never Give Up on God Again. I Will Never Give Up for the Teenager. Disable the Label. The Hidden Chronicles of Derek Clark, Part 1. Hidden Chronicles, Part 2. And then uh, True Lockhart. So... Nice. I got some fictional fantasies too, creative writing, you know. Okay. Yeah. And but uh, the most popular book would be I Will Never Give Up. I'm gonna have to check that out. I'll probably shoot you a DM and let you know uh, that I picked it up. Well, thanks for being on, man. I really appreciate you. I know somebody yeah, needed to hear that story. Wonderful. You know, be out there. Be a hope dealer, not a dream stealer, not a hate dealer. Be a hope dealer. Yes, sir. I'm telling you, I'm going to get a shirt and I'm going to post it that say Hope Dilla. There you go. <laughs> Any other parting words or words of wisdom for the audience before we wrap it up? Yeah, one of my favorite quotes is from Jeffrey Gittimer that says, We're all born, all of us metaphorically, are born with a bag of concrete and a bucket of water. Every one of us. Are we going to build stumbling blocks with that or are we going to build stepping stones? And what's his name again? Jeffrey Gittimer. I like that quote. G-I-T-O-M-E-R. And I've never heard it before. Yeah. And so that's one of my favorite quotes I love. So. 
So let's build stepping stones. Stepping stones, yeah. Let's build stepping stones, not stumbling right. blocks, everyone. Right. Yep. Uh, and remember your worth. And remember the power of I am. And I am victorious. I am resilient. I am an achiever. I am a problem solver. I am solution oriented. And I am a powerful human being. Love it. I love all those I am's. Everybody, don't forget your I am affirmations. And even if you just start by what uh, Derek said, going in the mirror just saying, I love you. Implement those I am affirmations. I'm telling you, they change mindsets. They change how you feel, how you think, and what you become. And remember, when you look in the mirror and say, I like you, I love you, you got to remember the most important opinion you should have is not what your pastor thinks about you, not what your teacher thinks about you, not what rapid dad thinks about you, not what James Green thinks about you. It's when you look in that mirror, what do you think about yourself? Are you picking yourself apart? Are you calling yourself ugly? Are you calling yourself not handsome? Listen, you are perfect the way you are as long as you are your best authentic self. Remember that. Thanks. Just an overview from this podcast because Mr. Clark brought that fire. He dropped bars and he gave us knowledge. Thank you. Remember, going in 2019, we want to be mind warriors. We want to be built for our shoes and use our affirmations that we learned this year. I am resilient. I am determined. I am consistent. I am made with the purpose of doing great things. I am a student of life. I am destined for greatness. I am enough. I am valuable. I am the master of my fate, the captain of my soul. I am worthy. I love myself. I like myself. I am fearless. I am a problem solver. I focus on solutions and always find the best solution. I am patient. I am remarkable. Happy New Year's, everyone. Talk to you next year.